Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 290 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Moss Woodward, while Colin shows up because he's... Ben what? With ben, ben Moss Woodward, I, I have no idea. while Colin shows up trying to deal with Xenobunnies and children and things like that. Joining me in the Orange Sidewinders tonight, there is Colin. He has made it back. We are delighted. Welcome back, Colin. Have you washed your hands, Colin? <laughs> I've washed my hands, but is that isn't that a bit like Ewa Wooba? Edward Woodward. It definitely didn't sound a lot like your actual name. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us somewhere in this madhouse, we have Souverine. What up? What up yourself? You didn't Shan- give Souverine his title. No. I don't know any of his titles. Oh man, unprofessional. Unprofessional. Okay, so Souverine's the deputy t- trade attaché, if I have to say it. <laughs> deputy what? <laughs> deputy trade attaché. Oh, I thought I was the, the Tade attaché there. For you a... might well be a Tade attaché <laughs> or attaché. I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is so much better. I don't want to host anymore. I just want to take the Mickey. <laughs> uh, and also, we have the Deso Space Program Director. No, that's 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 Andy. He's not here. We've got, a, we've got an alien space resources directory or something. Uh, Commander Shan, I heard him in the room. Hello. Yeah. And lurking in the background, bashing on buttons and stuff like that. We have a tech monkey. We have Norman. Hello. How are you doing over there, Norman? I'm all right. I'm all right. Sounds like it's a dollar better than what you're doing at the moment. Okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> anyway, Colin, now you're here. Why don't you take over? Oh, okay. I, I'll, I'll, want, I'll try. I mean, you want something? I'll try to. I mean, children down. <laughs> it's just not that. It's Discord for some reason decides to. I'll take an awful lot time to reboot. When and oh, anyway, if you wish, yes. you can join us live. We are hanging out in game in open. Um, I do believe that you're inside the bar tonight, or are we? I'm dealing with tech issues actually at the moment, trying to get in game. But I, I will be, I will be somewhere when I make it there. Fine. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm afraid I've got. I'm nowhere near anywhere, so I'm, I'm afraid I can't get to you. Get to it. Um, so when you see me. Uh-huh. So, but if you can't get to us in game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com/live and click on the live chat. Otherwise, just go to Twitch.tv/slash. Lave Radio. So, apart from getting his uh, his tongue in an absolute twist, uh, Ben, what have you been up to? This I've mostly been living, I suppose, is probably about the best description I can say. I've not really done a hell of a lot of gaming, actually, of any sorts. It's just uh, one thing I've actually I have been doing actually is I uh, now that I, now that I've got Disney Plus, I don't have to and I don't have to wait like eighteen months or something ridiculous like that between half seasons. Uh, I've actually I've started watching Agents of Shield again, uh, so I'm starting that at the very beginning. But I can go all the way up to uh, the most recent thing on Disney. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I've mostly been doing actually. And I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed season one of Agents of Shield because you know it ties in with admittedly some of the worst films, but it ties in with Thor: The Dark World, which everyone admits is kind of shit. But then it ties in so lovely with Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which I think is probably one of the strongest MCU films. And that whole that whole storyline 
with S.H.I.E.L.D. becoming Hydra is such a great storyline. I love it, and I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed it. Funny enough that Captain America, I'm sure that's actually the Winter Soldier, I think that's one of the lowest um, gross Marvel Universe films, which is a shame because I think it's one of the best. I, I totally think it's one of the best, yeah. Anyway, um, Shan, yourself, what have you been up to this week? Um, this week, uh, in-game, I have been doing a little bit of uh, engineering on my ships, getting getting ready to uh, make sure they're all fully populated and optimised. Uh, in other gaming, I've been playing Guild Wars 1, which is 15 years old um, this week and they, they finally <laughs> managed to do an update on it so there's now um, several new skills and quests and stuff to do so I've been busy playing Guild Wars 1 and remembering how to play it. So I'm afraid to say that means that the um, the drinking game doesn't apply because it's Guild Wars 1. Just to let anybody know. Stop drinking now. <laughs> um, Silvery. Hi. Uh, what have I been doing? Uh, I have been uh, I have been in, under house arrest uh, as has the, the rest of the world and it's been fun. I've not been, I've not played a lot of Elite this week. I've been playing quite a lot of Dwarf Fortress, which has been super, super fun. Uh, and uh, but fun in a kind of satisfaction way, like uh, solving problems, because it is it is far from a Dwarf um... Fortress. Is that like Team Fortress, but smaller? <laughs> uh, it's not that similar. It takes place on your computer. That's about the only similarity. But uh, but it's yeah, it, it's it's been a um, I've been really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it. And what else have I been doing? Uh, a lot of work, really. And oh, uh, yeah, we my my friends and I finished our playthrough of Anthem, um, and can thoroughly recommend uh, picking Anthem up for uh, eight pounds and playing through it with mates. Uh, it's super super fun. Um, not sure I'd have paid full price for it, but uh, but if you if you see it on sale and uh, uh, and you like co op games, then it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. Um, but apart from that, I, my life has been um, an endless endless sequence of monotony and um and house arrest yeah it um keep on forgetting what day it is i mean i thought i thought we were recording tomorrow but it was actually today <laughs> it, it it's getting weird um let's see myself uh, well i actually have been playing a lot of elite uh i'm now into week eight of power play uh i still haven't got higher than level three for poor Arissa, but um we just dropped down from first to third uh, this week, so I was a little bit, um, little bit gutted after a lot of lot of effort was put in. Uh, I'm let's see, forty eight percent deadly with my main character, so I've only got another eight hundred and forty or so, eight hundred and thirty two um, Thargo scouts to to kill. Oh God, how much more? Um, over the weekend, I did manage to upgrade my uh, PC from an i5 to an i7 processor. So now half the games that I can't play, I can. Um, and of course, I got the, the new XCOM 2 game, or the new XCOM game, which uh, I've given a try. And um, yeah, it's all right. I haven't got into it that far, but yeah, it's all right. So Compared that's me. to Phoenix Point? Compared to Phoenix Point, well, Phoenix Point is a lot more in depth. It's 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 a lot more like the classic XCOM games, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, how shall I put it? It's a lot more lightweight. This one does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. So. Yeah. So um, okay, well, uh, 
Well, now that we've quickly gone round the uh, the crew's lockdown experiences, um, oh, we're not. Impression, oh, go on then. Who, ha- who has lockdown haircut at the moment? Oh God, it's funny you should mention that because the missus um, noticed something on Saturday. She went, "I just realised who I recognise your hairstyle," and I went, "What?" And she said, "It's even worse because you've got a beard." I went, "Oh God, what?" And she goes, "You look like no lead." <laughs> uh, that's that's impressive. Oh, fantastic! Uh, so, Col- Colin Ford is the Noel Ed- new Ed Norman. <laughs> I I want to shave my head. <laughs> it, it's interesting, actually, um, how the have you noticed how the adverts have changed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, because I don't watch TV. Well, it's like all the adverts are now like people on uh, on Skype or Zoom with each other. There's no sort of like people playing in parks with each other or going out to eat. They're all kind of like face on. Oh wow! Things like that. Things like that. Uh, but it's also quite funny if you watch the news reports and stuff. You can tell um, who <laughs> makes an effort to appear on the news from the background. Like, <laughs> very few people actually have like kids toys everywhere and stuff like that they're all like immaculately tidy if they're in a lounge mm. or or if they're in a study they make sure their most educated looking books are in full view of the camera <laughs> things like that yeah, yeah. they don't have a copy of the Beano from 1970 or something <laughs> well the people will be quite disappointed with my list my, with what's listed behind me just a whole lot of jar books and dot net books and, yeah, but that looks educated, you see. That looks clever and intelligent and things like that. I mean, if you had, um, I don't know, just the, the Ladybird Book of Space or something behind you, you wouldn't look quite as um, impressive. I'm just just looking at my book bookshelf. So I've got Fungus the Bogeyman pop-up book. <laughs> How come that does not surprise me? Uh the 1976 Spider-Man album that my mum gave to me, uh, the Star Wars technical manuals, the Star Wars Lego Encyclopedia, uh, and then I've got a few DVDs and games. Oh, and I've got a, I've got a physical uh, book. I've got uh, Ian Banks' Surface Detail still as a physical book on my bookshelf. Uh, and I've got a book from when I became a student called Student Grub. Uh, <laughs> Everything else is. I've got. I've got a few physical discs. Um, I've got the Star Wars discs. Got got the Star Trek original films, not the next gen, not the. Um, that means not the that means you've got Star Trek Five. You've got Star Trek Five. Oh no! Could be worse. You could. You could have the Voyager box set behind him. <laughs> hey, I, uh, the only what my favorite box set I ever got actually. Was I got the Star Trek Borg DVD box set? Sorry, not DVD. Sorry, Star Trek Borg um, VHS box set, which had a whole bunch of all the Borg-related Star Trek Next Generation episodes in a Borg cube. And that, so the Borg cube was the was the box, and that was awesome. But I've got no idea where it is now. <laughs> No Kaizen, it's not a sequel to 12 Monkey. Oh, dear. He just put in the chat 12 Xenobunnies. 
Anyhow, I don't know. Oh, I mean, it's chance, Colin, we could get the Xeno Bunny coming up on camera today. <laughs> uh, I'll see what I can do. But I'll tell you one thing. Um, I made them, I discovered that you can actually get a rabbit to look disappointed. I never thought this would happen. I turned up, uh, but I, instead of giving him carrot, I gave him his rabbit nuggets. And he just looked oh, at me going, is that it? Are they made what? out of rabbit? Are they made out of rabbit? <laughs> chicken nuggets. I suppose you made out of chicken. The rabbit nuggets. Are they made out of rabbit? No, they're not. And he's had his nuggets removed anyway. So, <laughs> did, his, did, did his secondary jaws come snapping out and grab them? <sighs> no. Just no. Just no. Right. Let's let's just move on before this this turns. I, I knew it was a mistake to mention the rabbit. I just knew it was a mistake. Yeah, sorry for this idiot comment, Colin. Oh. <laughs> oh. Ah. It's really corroding the goodwill. Oh. Right. Development news. When, uh, <laughs> I've just read some sacrilege here. Winter, Winter Mute has just thrown his uh, board box set out, along with the data box set all on VHS. Well, Are they not Picard? <laughs> I enjoy Picard. Yeah. Are they not worth something on eBay? Those those old VHS box sets. Am I not? Right I know I, well, it depends if it's in his bin or not. You know, if he's just run out and might not have been collected yet. Well, trust me, I tried to sell my entire collection of Babylon Five on VHS and got nothing for it. So yeah, there you go. Saying this, I mean, as much as I think B5 is vastly superior over next gen or over the Trek in general, B5 always was a bit more niche than Trek. Yes, I must admit. Anyway, are we all ready to move on to development news? Nobody's got any any additional, like, Jonathan Pye-esque comments or observations about the lockdown? I can take my trousers off and walk into the distance if you want. No. Oh, no. one thing that I have found um, interesting, which you can do, um, uh, Shan, if you are stuck in one of these Zoom meetings, I found a way for you to be replaced by your face rig. Have you seen the face rig app, which will map your face and animate a actor, and then you can have that transmitted as your signal in, into Zoom? Can you do that into Microsoft Teams as well? You know, I'm going to have a look and see if I can. Because I, I love using I, I love using the uh, uh, the face rig, and now I've, the PC is powerful enough for me to stream it as well. <laughs> Bitstorm. What's oh. Bitstorm say? Uh, it is looks like he's like Star Citizen. Like I've forgotten the calling of Star, Star Citizen, but there's like a commander cam, isn't there, where it scans your face, and yes. as you talk mm. in Star Citizen voice, it displays your face. I think that's that it. Look nothing like me. <laughs> I'm try no, that. it maps your face onto your onto your citizen's face. I, I, didn't, well, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want my avatar to look like me. It's the whole point. But it doesn't, your avatar doesn't have to look like you. You can have your avatar look, looking like whatever you look like. But it it uses your webcam so that if you're smiling, your avatar smiles. But your avatar still looks like your avatar, not like you, Colin. Don't worry there. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't want, wouldn't want to inflict that on anybody else. Now, anyway, yeah, I keep saying I've got a face for radio and a voice for silent yeah. movies and a voice and a voice for for books. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> anyway, development news, shall we? We have to. Uh, it's going to be quick. <laughs> right. Uh, beta 2 is coming. Uh, Stephen has mentioned on the forum that they're taking Did it hands? a... What? Did it wash its hands? I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. It's an inanimate object. It's an abstract concept. <sighs> even the animal objects can be infected. I've not even had a drink <laughs> yeah, it's yet. It's infected with something, I'll tell you. Anyway, Stephen has said that they're taking the snapshot of the database on April the 30th. Now, this is the snapshot that we use for um, a basis for, for your character in Beta 2. So if you want to own your, your own flat, fleet carrier, you have until then to get your 5 to 7 billion uh, in order to, to test. Uh, people have now suspected that the Beta will start maybe in the second week in May, because normally there's normally, a, you're, when they do start the Beta, you're your command is about two weeks behind how you presently are. They um, were nice. Well, we know Shad. They were nice. They do the beta on the Tuesday, the last Tuesday in May, so that there was a bank holiday. Well, it can include up to the last Tuesday, but they said the sec- it's going to be the second week of May, which is going to be it's going to be May the twelfth. But it would be nice if they take it into the bank holiday weekend. Yeah, I'll agree there. Yeah, so that would be interesting. Right, in-game events. Um, we're going to be cracking through this quite quickly. Um, Operation IDA, uh, the station repair guys are working on Goodian Enterprise in HIP uh, 9599. So um, if you want to help out and repair a station or two, hop over that way. Um, also, uh, the Anti-Xenia Initiative, Commander uh, 100 Rub or Rub 100, it's one of the two. Um, he's keeping his latest fleet carrier survey up and running on th- uh, until the 30th of April. Um, so if you want to put in um, some survey results, uh, which will be submitted to uh, Frontier after it's all finished, we'll put the f- link to the form uh, the form in the show notes. And Commander Avaseda Sui, has published his usual uh, anti-Xeno initiative briefing video. Again, we will publish the link uh, in the show notes for people to to have a look at. Uh, is, is there any more in-game events that people know about at the moment? Uh, one I mean, thing we always cover... Yeah, one thing that did pique my interest, and I'm sure we'll cover it nearer the <laughs> time, was I think it's the DSSA, the Deep Space array initiative where I think there are after 50 carriers to be dotted around the galaxy to sort of act like space McDonald's to, um, <laughs> to travel. Yeah, didn't we cover that last week? Or is that another one? No, that's what we co- we mentioned it last we week. We did, but it's, uh, I think it's been more details, certainly that's bit, that was out since I last looked at it. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it's an interesting idea. I, I'm Personally, you know, if you've got a fleet carrier and want to use it in that way, go for it. Part of me kind of thinks it's a bit like um, the fact that uh, you're no more than an hour away from the nearest pizza hut kind of thing. <laughs> um, well, considering you've got one fleet carrier in the entire sector, maybe two, I, think it's, I, think, I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem. Plus also, you have to know exactly where the 
that carrier is because they won't show up in the map unless you were in the 30 light years. Or is it only, it only shows up in the map if you visited it? I think it's if you visited it. Um, but even so, people are going to publish it, aren't they? True. Yeah, along with adverts, come and come to my carrier and help me with my upkeep. <laughs> Actually, that doesn't sound a bad idea because I could use it to improve my anglerfish idea. Oh no! Why? What are you planning on? Do we need to send warning messages to? Well, you know what an anglerfish does, don't you? It has a bright, shiny light. Other fish come and yes, and then it nabs them. So and it's absolutely carrier, terrifying to look at. Oh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd have mine with a nice fluffy unicorn paint job or anything like that. Just kind of like, you know, come visit me. I've got your universal card of graphics. And then I'll ramp, I'll ramp the universal card of graphics right up to 100% so the pilot can get anything. I've just realized, Shan, you're the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Something about, actually, did you know how big the angler fish actually is? They're actually quite small, aren't they? No, they're bloody massive. Well, there's quite about a lot of the same fish so- that use the same that use that method of hunting. Well, yeah, okay. We're talking about this great big ugly motherfucker who lives at the bottom of the ocean. It's got a little dangly, glowy thing, and it got the most horrendous, scary set of teeth look ever. They are, yeah, they are very good. Yeah, it's about the same size as a Labrador. What? It's massive. That's insane. Yeah, Labradors aren't big. It's not. I mean, it's not like Great Dane size or St Bernard's, but it's. You, know, you look at that thing, and because we always—that's huge for a fish. You know, we—you know—I'd expect it to be maybe the size of a, your hand or something like that. Hey, and no, there's a, there's a well, there, there's a point you mentioned the Great Danes. Someone pointed out something interesting to me about Great Danes, mm-hmm. right? Scooby and Shaggy, right? When they are running away from something, they're always running in parallel. Okay, they're always yeah. running side by side. Okay, a Great Dane can run between 30 to 40 miles an hour. Now that means Shaggy is faster than Hussein Bolt, who can only manage 27. <laughs> well, well, that's because Shaggy's been having his Scooby snacks. It's, it's adrenaline, isn't it? It's his pure terror. Yeah, he's always <laughs> very scared. That's why he'd run so fast. It's just something that occurred to me when someone actually told me how fast a Great Dane can run. And it's scary. <laughs> Anyway, shall we move on? That, <laughs> Actually, that, there was a news... What occurred to you when some, is that about Scooby-Doo? That, that specifically what occurred to you when somebody told you that, that fact about Great Danes? And yes. how did you get from Anglerfish to Scooby-Doo? I'd love to live because someone, because somebody because said... Because Anglerfish are the same size as, as a lab. That's how. And someone said, well, it's not the same size as a Great Dane. And as soon as you mention Great Dane, what do you think Scooby-Doo? No, I don't. No, do I? <laughs> Oh, well, mate, well, then, he was a great Dane. Scooby Doo's a great Dane. <laughs> Where is that in canon? We're in Scooby Doo canon. Where is that? Uh, every you really want of him, right? Hang on, Wikipedia. <laughs> because Wikipedia is the most trustworthy source ever. Why else is it going to be a sodding poodle? <laughs> <laughs> Scooby Doo the Labradoodle. It could be shaved. Well, a shaved well, poodle. Scooby Doo the shaved poodle. That's what it is. Certainly what yeah, it is. Scooby Doo the entry. I can't believe I have got to this. Uh, <laughs> right, then, yep. then, someone please. Great Dane. That Scooby Doo may not be entirely scientifically accurate. 
Really? <laughs> you are ruining childhoods here, Kaizen. Okay. Yes. During the, design... oh. sure. During the oh, design oh. phase, lead character designer Takamoto consulted the studio colleague who was a breeder of Great Danes. After learning all the characteristics of a prize-winning Great Dane from her, they proceeded to break most of the rules and design much of it with overbound legs, a double chin, and other abnormalities. So he's a, a mutant Great Dane. <laughs> so he wasn't really a pedigree Great Dane, then. He was a mongrel. So he's a mongrel. He was a mongrel. Yeah. Then how the heck do you get scrappy Doo? Because I hate to think what they crossed. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, anyway, I was going to say, apparently Funky Abigail was bitten uh, by a Great Dane in their childhood, um, and the dog's jaws reached around their body. That's so that that's you know they're not thinking about how fast the damn thing runs; they're thinking about how big its bloody jaws are. I just think you're probably terrified, young children everywhere who now will watch Scooby Doo. <sighs> Realise I can't possibly outrun this vicious dog. That's <laughs> mouth is now big enough to encircle their waist and nearly munch them in two. I just want to say something. <laughs> Scooby Doo with an anglerfish. I, re I really want to make a Scooby Doo like horror cut where we just where we have the Scooby Doo intro, but we 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 cut over it with the music from The Shining, and we just have on the screen <laughs> it can bite you in half. You can't outrun it. <laughs> It'd just be fantastic. Oh dear. Uh, that's actually we suggested before that they do an adult Scooby Doo where <laughs> I've seen adult Scooby Doo. You do oh, not, not want to see it. Kind. Not that kind of adult Scooby Doo. Not the adult yeah. material yeah, the that you want. The thing they do to Velma is just is just yeah. Can, cannot be unseen. Oh dear. Did I'm anyone ever see the supernatural episode? Where they, they entered Scooby Doo. That was that. Well, actually, that was the wrong, the wrong thing to say. <laughs> they entered the cartoon world of Scooby. -Doo. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Colin, how's your Italian style singing? Um. Okay, that's the end of that one. We've had a newsletter. <laughs> uh, no, 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 we have we have something that needs to be sung. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. It's Old Man Raven from the computer company. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it, wasn't you, Fancy Kid? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice one. Uh, right. Are you going to make me do this? That... Or are you desperately trying to not stop me from doing this? He's doing what? Um, oh, mentioning Scooby Doo. We're not still no, entering uh, Scooby Doo. Are that. We? No, I'm, I'm trying to paste something to you. There. Do, are you, is, shall I do that, or is, is somebody else going to do that? Well, what are you trying to paste here? Because I'm not going to. I'm just paste. It's just pasted it to you now. The the comment from Funky Abigail. It's, All right. The jaws open wide, and there's more jaws inside. That's the more. <laughs> oh my! There we goodness. go. Lovely. That was beautiful. That's the bunny. <laughs> All right, so you can tell that there's actually not much happening in the Elite Dangerous Universe at this moment in time. Mostly because we've already we've taken the um, Thomas the Tank Engine uh, branch line to Tangent Town. Yeah, but sometimes our so, are more entertaining than the main part of the show, you know. So. <laughs> 
there are some members even of the people chat. in the chat saying moving on. And there's other people saying this is the best. So, yeah, just goes to show you can never pr- please everybody. Uh, Unless you've got a Twix. So, okay, who would your Scooby Doo villain be then, really? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Alright, well, definitely and obviously Etienne Dawn. Have you fucking seen that dude? You know who my evil villain would be would be Marcus Quint the engineer because basically he was an absolute pain to get past. I'm just it's thinking just evil. Honestly, any crewman you ever roll is pretty much they have to be wearing a mask because nobody could be that ugly. <laughs> Yeah, the crew and ugly stick. <laughs> uh, none of them hold a candle to Etienne Dawn. Like one, he's just the, he's such a basement dweller, and two, he uh, his requirement for being friends with him is human beings in escape pods. Oh, lovely! His eyes are too close together as well. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is uh, this is Etienne Dawn for your. He does actually look like he was on University Challenge once and then grew up. Yeah, and now collects human beings for a living. Uh, this is this is Etienne. Yeah. We're having a few votes for Marcus Quint, though. Oh, yeah. Good. Marcus Quint is an absolute git. <laughs> and I agree that Etienne Dawn does look Marcus. interesting. I mean, just look Ugh. at face. Yeah. Oh. That's a face not even a mother love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows what he does with the probably millions of human beings that he he now owns. Oh, oh that that oh, yes, that I'm afraid to say that is that's Hannibal Lecter's best mate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that is kind of horrifying. Oh, oh. See, I think uh, I I would personally yes. oh. mean at all, Val. because she looks a bit like Corella Deville. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no. Grandma with an evil plan. No, she, she reminds me of. Um, oh, what's the thing from uh, the Emperor's New Group? What's her, that? What's she played by Eartha Kit? But I can't remember what the character's name is now. Isma. Uh, Isma, uh, because basically, <laughs> woman who looked as uh, evil as as mind can remember. I think it was. <laughs> anyway, so uh, have we all got our favourite villain then? I, I, say yes. I tend to agree with Sue because I think, yeah, Etienne Dawn, I think, looks the dodgiest. But you never could know. I mean, he could have a really nice uh, collection of candy and sweets to give to young children. Which is, yes. Which is not how freaking he... its own right. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I mean, you know I'm what, not... Colin? I, I know who my, my early dangerous villain has to be. Mm-hmm. Commander Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, or are you talking you about the time not... they lured you to a anarchy system? Like, wow, look at the Thargoid system. You do not trust them. You know, they go off and say, hey, come and jump into my fleet carrier, and then drop you off in the middle of a, of a neutron star. It, oh, hang on. Does that mean that um, Shan's going to have a, a massive decal along, along the side that says, get in the van? <laughs> <laughs> I think he should actually get in the van, yeah. That could work. That works for me. Oh, Is and it looks like I'm actually... Your name? Yeah. I've actually gotten decent <laughs> frame rate again. Uh, I, w- I don't know why, for some bizarre reason, for... about the first, Since about 20 past 8, I've been getting about 5 frames a second. 
rather than my normal over 100. And after poking and prodding and kicking things, I'm back up to my normal rates again. So yay. Right. These things make me happy. I don't like it when I can't play. Ah, I just realized what my problem is. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure you want to share it with everybody? Well, uh, just the shield notes have disappeared from my desktop. That's why, because Chrome's crashed. Ah, oh, okay. So um, I've kind of lost the play. Right. I think we've all lost the place. Right. We've, you've covered <laughs> Operation Ida, haven't you? We've done Operation uh, you've Ida. You've covered 100 Rob and yeah. Commander Avasu. So we're on to the main discussion, I believe. I believe is... you might be correct. Well, the main discussion this week um, is that I think we're all fleet carried out, really, aren't we, for the moment? So we thought we'd go a little bit further into the future. Now, one of the things that uh, uh, is rumoured to be part of the new era is space legs. Now, we thought of we're going to have a roundtable discussion of what would that entail? What would you like to see in space legs? Is it going to be effectively elite dangerous? Does battlegrounds or Fortnite? So, so shall we um, start off with uh, let's say Silverine first? Give us your impressions of what you would like to see in space legs first. Cool. Okay. Fantastic. Um, this is a this is a really really big one for me. This is why I backed Elite. If they hadn't said in in the early days that they, that they intended to do this, I wouldn't have bought the game. Legit. Um, that doesn't mean I've not thoroughly enjoyed the time I've spent in it, but just it is true that I would not have bought it if they hadn't said that the intention was to do this all along. Um, so I'm really, really excited about it. For me, the main thing that I want Space Legs to do is to make, uh, at present, your avatar in the game is essentially your spaceship. Um, and we are, like it or not, we are spirits in ships flying around. Um, and the ships, as a result, have no sense of scale. We have no, We have no sense of how large they are, really. Um, and I want the, our spaceships to feel as much like places as our avatars, if that makes any sense. And we need uh, we need to be able to explore them on foot for that to to get a real sense of how large they are. Um, so uh, so the main things for me um, in in the the very basic first implementation of space legs that I would like to see is the ability to get out of that um, that chair, walk around the bridge, see those doors hiss open, get into an elevator um ex go down to a different deck explore um the engineering deck explore the mess explore the all the different areas of the ship walk through the cargo bay and see the t see the canisters stacked up for all the atmospheric processes you're carrying or whatever i want to 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 see all of these things that are currently just bits of text on the screen you've bought 12 tons of labium brandy what does that mean well i want to go down to the hull and see that i want to go down to the hold and see that um you know if if you uh, if you have damage to the uh, to the outside of the hull, uh, I don't just want that to be represented as a percentage degradation of a number. I want I want to be able to be I want I want the the the, the ship to direct me to a specific bit of the outside that I need to get my multi tool or my my welder or whatever it is out and and fix. I want to be able to open an airlock, uh, EVA around the ship, uh, see the the light from a distant star glinting off the the metalwork make repairs outside the ship eva back in i want people to be able to board them um i want combat in space to stop being just get the other person's hb down from 100 to zero and make it let's we, you know let's the um 
let's uh, immobilize that ship let's eva over to it let's steal the cargo out by hand let's let's capture it all that all that sort of thing it will you know that alone introduces a level of depth to the experience of playing the game and redefines what uh, a spaceship is in the context of elite dangerous for me massively and it's the the absolute sort of essentials for implementing space legs and really to make elite what it should what it should be the next step would be uh stations and planets there's not a lot that space legs would add to well, um, right what well, i was going to say okay that covers the the entire ship and i thought right we'll cut it off there because we can we'll all go around and talk about um you know other parts of the uh, of what space legs could uh, uh, could could be so i just want to keep it for the ship at the moment if you see oh, what sure. I mean. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Uh, ben, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, does get walking around your ship get you excited? Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Um, not just that. I want EVA... I want to be able to walk around my ship and explore my ship and repair. I want... Uh, okay, so you know how in Pulsar Lost Colony you yeah. have... Everything's done from the first-person perspective of your avatar. Mm -hmm. And you can sit down in the pilot's chair and you can pilot the ship. You can go over to the comm screen and you can do all that. You go to the engineering station and you can fix and tweak that. I want that kind of... I want to go to the... the let me just, all those panels at the back of my screen. Um, that I, So let me just go into my cockpit and see... So we've got loads and loads of beautiful panels at the back of our ships. I would love it if I could actually use those damn things. Uh, for that matter, we've also got a lovely panel if we look just down between our legs. You know, how awesome would it be if I can click and use that properly as well? It's actually <laughs> a real thing. <laughs> Is that what um, Mrs. Mosswood would say? You want to click between oh, your oh. legs. <laughs> and I, it's a real I'm, thing. I'm, yeah. So oh, I've got like this. Yeah. No, we've got like this control, uh, sys, con, FRL, FRR, orcs, ST. You know, we've got all these toggle switches and things like that. You know what they or do, don't dialers you? Dialers and things. What? They control the inputs to the screen. So you've got your DVD player, you've got your amp, <laughs> you've got your sky <laughs> It does look a bit like it. So this is how you control your play. You use your VHS player. Um, but v I would VHS love VHS to play. Yeah, I would love it if our modules actually, if the computers on our ship could actually do something real um, and give us meaningful, meaningful toggles and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, as as Sue was saying, I want to be able to EVA outside. I want to repair it. I want to fix it up with my healing beam laser or whatever it is. And also I want to be able to take a jaunt over to your ship and maybe pull the fuses out on your engine or something like that. Oh, so you want to sabotage other people's ships? Damn right I do. Or ideally, and NPC ships as well, obviously. Um, mm. Or you know, I also want to be able to shoot you in the back of the head while you're thinking, yeah, this is all fine. I'm just flying along quite happily here. And you don't realise that I've I've launched a grappling gun over and I've hooked my magnetic space hook onto your door. I've hacked my way into into your airlock and then I, I've snuck up and I just shoot you in the back of the head and you know you just see 
you know, your brains explode onto the front screen and just all fades to red, and then it's just like you are dead. See, what I would do in that situation, Ben, is <laughs> I'd I'd message you on Discord, say, hi, oh, hi, Ben, um, I've got this really cool idea for the show, and I'll be talking to you, and while you're chatting away to me on VoiceCom, I'll be saying You'd all this You'd be sneaking up. through my ship. Yeah, I know you would. Uh, but yeah, obviously, to, ca- to counter that, I also want automated defences and shipboard alarms, you know, intrusion detection systems and so on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yours with only 9.99 arcs. <laughs> oh, come on, that's gameplay. You wouldn't have that. You'd have it in yeah. different colours. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can, I can shoot pink lasers from 9.99 arcs. Yeah, the um, the onboard ship lasers, you know, the, the uh, security grids that will cut you in half and chuck you cut you yes. into little pieces. They can be in different colours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd I mean, want a security I... system that said unleash Scooby-Doo and just press <laughs> <down>. <laughs> No, you want to unleash Scrappy-Doo, surely. No, because everyone no. just want to kill him. Uh, but, I mean, being serious though, I think it would be a way for Frontier to print their own money if they did have non-gameplay related content for your the inside of your ship. Oh yeah, like um, basically the inside of your ship is like player housing, where you can oh god, yeah, you can decorate it how you like. Yeah, I, I can buy a wireframe Cobra Mark Three, like we've got on our uh, bobbleheads. But mm-hmm. equally, I could go off and you know, I, I can have uh, Commander Jameson bed linen or something like that if I want. Commander Jameson bed linen, yeah, okay, I get you. <laughs> So what you want, David Braden, David Braden pajamas or something like that to go with your? Well, David Braden's not a certain other. David Braden. Um... What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. We're all murdering <laughs> names today, aren't we? Uh, but he, he's not a, a certain other developer who we can think of. He's actually written himself into the lore as the developer of the Frameshift Drive. I thought you could have a uh, space loach cuddly toy you could snuggle up with in bed or something. Hell yes, I want a space loach cuddly, cuddly toy, and I want a real space loach as well. I would love, I'd love a like a ship's cat or something like that. And then an Etienne Dawn face mask, so you can come over to someone's bed and go. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How come Shan's going to take it to that extra level of creepy? Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. Ooh, skin's crawling right now. Oh, they, incidentally, who is the developer that named themselves after the Frameshift Drive? Chris Roberts it's, it's in Star Citizen went off and basically said he's the co-designer of the technology that allows their ships to essentially frameshift in Star Citizen. All right, it's All right so it's not really interesting. No, no. I, no that's why I was... Minorly reluctant to mention it. Okay, Shan, what's what's your impression of just being able to walk around your ship? Is that is it? Does that actually appeal to you? Apart from you know taking your crewmen and imprisoning them in the brig, it does. But I think I'd want more than just a way of looking at something from a different camera because mm-hmm. uh, that is always a risk, isn't it? Because when you it's when you look around something if you're at head height, you need something to do, otherwise you have a tour around your ship. Uh and then that gets boring after ten minutes and then that's it. So I'd want something more than just that. I, I think the idea of EVAs and stuff like that is an interesting one. Although strictly speaking, you're not actually in your ship, you're outside of your ship. 
but um as for boarding missions and like yes it would be fun until someone does it to you yeah well that, that's uh, that is the one thing that i do worry about is if if you do board someone else it's a new level of salt isn't it it is uh, but i mean this is where the other thing is sorry karen the other thing is and i guess it leaks Hang on, i was responding to colin sham it's my turn i thought it, it is shan's turn but We'll, it is we'll let Shan finish and then... Yeah, but he's just starting there. on a new point. Order, order. Oh, yeah. um, Hang on, just let Shan finish and then we'll come back, okay? Well, there's no point then, don't bother. It's all right. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Shan, quickly then. Okay, very quickly. Um, I think I would want something actually to do inside the ship from a social aspect. So you'd need, whether you call it role play or whatever you call it, being able to have one of your mates on board your ship and you can chat or they can take a cruise station and actually be part of multi-crew sitting at a station shooting lasers or the FPS scanner or whatever. I'd want to see more stuff to do in the ship with your mates. Right. And uh, I completely agree with that. Right. Well, yeah, I must admit, I would I would love to have the the walking around the ship just to get the hang of, you know, the the scale of, of, of what's there, just agreeing with everybody else. Uh it's I'm not quite so sure about boarding actions. I can see why everybody would want them, but I think everybody I do agree with the point that you've got to have something that would uh, uh basically make it worth your while to get out of the seat. I, it's it's coming up with gameplay that makes things more interesting if you're out the seat than in, if that makes sense. I, mean, I do like the idea of proper multi What's your take on... My, my idea for Elite has always essentially been Grand Theft Spaceship. Yeah, mine, mine, mine too. I think yours um, and mine, yours and mine have always been, has always been quite, quite similar. Like I, I completely get that... Um, I completely get why people um I, I i understand why people say that they're not bothered by space legs but i think mm-hmm. it does um space legs were part of the the very fundamental proposition of elite dangerous they were it goes all the way back to the kickstarter it goes yeah it goes right the way back to the kickstarter it, it's not it's not a nice to have add-on that, yeah as does executive that, control over ships actually that's true yeah that's something i didn't realize until recently but it, it's not just a, a nice to have add-on that they've chucked in for the you know for the um, for for a new generation of gamers, the, you know, first person in Elite Dangerous is David Braben put it as what he always wanted Elite to be, yeah. not not something that not not a nice to have that they would that they would think about, you know, years on. It was always part of the plan, um, and um, and I think that as you and I found out the other day, when you you know, Star Citizen is a really really good example of how to yeah. uh, what Space Legs can offer to a game, because um, those ships feel like. They feel like vehicles. They feel like things that they feel like places that you can inhabit and tools and um, you know you're not you're not just. I mean, that spaceship is your house, yeah, or it could be your house. Um, And I, yeah, I know you and you and I have been playing some Star Citizen lately, and and I think you know it has got so many potential things that could be awesome that I really want in Elite Dangerous. Yeah, totally. and it has the walking around, even though you well, it's slightly better than it was. It used to look like you'd shat yourself while you're walking around. Um, <laughs> it, it, whereas it looks a bit better now. Be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the fact that all the computers. I love how 
they've actually thought out a decent operating system, essentially, for all the ships. Yeah, it's smart. Um, the MFD thing is, is really smart. Yeah, and they're not just little pretty buttons like we have in Elite. And I, re- I desperately hope that our all those beautiful displays that are at the back of our ships can turn into great functional things. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, well. Rather than just, rather than just little shiny displays that we can't actually look at. It would be a bit. Um, it would be a bit of a shame thought... if they didn't change when the when when we get to walk around and they're still just essentially static JPEGs. Um, it it really would. I wanted to check something actually. There's quite a few interesting little Easter eggs. Um, if you look around certain sorts of stations, things like the spaceship showroom, mm. um, where if you look through the, the the glass of one of the domes, you can see, I think it's mostly Imperial ships. Anyway, you can see ships laid out as if it's like a car showroom. Oh, yeah, nice. You can see that. And if you then look through the windows by moving the, the, the camera drone around, you can see some of the interior of the buildings, and I believe you can see little paintings on the wall in some of the buildings um, in there. So there's all this detail of added, which part of me thinks, oh, it was, you know, someone added it for a bit of fun and flavor, you know, thinking, oh, look, if you look in that, that bit there, you can see my picture I did, or whatever it is. Another part of me hopes that's just detail that you'll be able to see when you go into the station. So you can actually walk around a showroom and pick out your uh, Cobra or someone like that, as if you're like a car dealership. Or mm. maybe you can play uh, a truck simulated minigame and drive one to the other truck round and round and round. That sort of stuff. I, I just hope they add that detail that's in there. And then, if I remember right, didn't you find a model of Frontier's old headquarters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's in, that's in one of the space stations, in the rings, in the ring of it. Um, in, in the ring of the. Um, uh, in the habitation ring. Yeah. Oh, would uh, that be cool if you could actually go and see that? Yeah, oh god, yeah. I mean, that'd be so awesome if you could go up and <laughs> walk into Frontier's office and see David Brinkman rendered a game. <laughs> Um, Wouldn't you like Bobo Braidman, sort of like a Davros chair, sort of being several thousand years old? You know, possibly, or it might maybe he's been cloned or something. Who knows? Um, But maybe it's like Terrell in Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, Would you? I mean, all all of us here have played EDRPG, haven't? I haven't actually. Oh, haven't you? No. Have you? Have you? You have, Shan, haven't you? Have you? Yeah, the th- anyway, the things you can do in EDRPG, like you can in all RPGs. Yeah, I wish. I just wish we could do that. Um, and I know we can't. Yeah, I know the benefit of all RPGs is it's an RPG, and your imagination is always a million times better than what can easily be implemented in a game. Um, so I know, I know we can't go down that line. Um, but there's no, there's no reason that we couldn't have. Um, I don't think you need inf- infinite freedom. Um, mm. we, don't, we don't have infinite freedom already. We um, there are lots of things that we uh, that our spaceships can't do. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, but it's it's not usually the things that we. Um, I, I, I it's not usually the the lack of things that our spaceships can do. You know, the, the game is already. You know, it's mainly a, a, 
It's about combat, trade, and exploration. Those mm-hmm. are the three core bits of the game, and and nearly everything to do with Elite Dangerous is is a combination of mixing those things together in some way, or or going or just pursuing one. Um, I don't think you need infinite variety of activities for Space Legs to be to be interesting. Um, you you you, you know the even as I was going to go on to say earlier, even if the implementation is just exploring locations we already have access to in order to breathe life to them and and give them more flavor um i think that would be that would be sufficient you're still looking at you're still looking at a game that's primarily about um spaceships it it would just that would augment elite rather than adding an entirely different game onto it i don't i actually don't think you need like a really uh like a separate sort of thargoid hunting mode where you where you get out of the spaceship and, and go and shoot bugs. I mean, that would be great, but it's not it's not the core appeal of Space Legs for me. The core appeal of Space Legs is to make is is to make the ships feel the ships and the space stations feel like real places. I think one of the things that would really add to Space Legs, whether you're in the station or in your ship, um, it's enhancing the cardboard box. If you remember the analogy, yeah, absolutely. It's it's not so much about the exploration mechanics or the combat or whatever. It's allowing players to express themselves and find stuff to do in this cardboard box. And there's a number of things I think that do get in the way that would need to be changed if we're talking mechanically. One of which is the chat interface. You're going to need a completely different chat interface to be able to enable that. Because at the moment, it's system or it's personal or it's, it's everyone. So you, know, you can't, if you like, have a, have a space bar without, without, with the chat system we've got there at the moment because it just would be un- unworkable. So whatever it is they do, if they want to have that social aspect and to create the cardboard box, they need to make it easier to use. And so that it doesn't get in the way of the players trying to do that. Um, the um, uh, the the chat system in Star Citizen uh, seems to work pretty well. It's um, in terms of in lore, it's rendered on the inside, of, so it disappears when you take your helmet off, which I think is a brilliant a brilliant um, addition because I I hate it in MMOs where the chat box is impossible to dismiss. <laughs> um, so in Star Citizen, it, it is just it, it is it is rendered on the on the glass on the inside of your helmet and uh, only it's only visible when you're wearing the helmet um it's system wide but there's no reason that you couldn't have more granularity than that um well, and you can me, have more granularity and that's in star citizen you've oh, also got, uh, you've got pa- uh, party chat which is obviously just in your party and i believe local as well but i'm like anyone if i was speaking to you then you can hear me but if you're the other side of the space station then you can't hear me yeah okay um yeah. I think they've got that kind of functionality built in as well. Um, but definitely party chat chats as well. And I just want to very quickly go off and say, hello to Malik VR's Raiders. Thank you very much for joining us. We're basically talking space legs and, and dreaming quite a lot, I think. Um, dreaming or drooling or something like that. Um, and possibly wearing googly eyes. I'm not sure about that. Um, I, mean, I, I have to admit, I quite like the, the, the idea of the Moby glass that you're wearing. Um, although I think it's quite interesting that you know, it's basically the Moby Glass is like a a cell phone on your wrist, which an EDRPG 
actually gives you a minus to social skills because everyone thinks you're looking like a complete twat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be good. The um, I, okay. So here is uh, here is a reason why space space legs is necessary that people don't often and and I don't I don't I've not heard this talked about, but it is it's mm. one of the reasons that I think space legs is really necessary, but it is not intuitive. So at the moment, if you fly to an imperial system, there might be um there might be a couple of space stations. There are outposts that look like outposts everywhere else in the galaxy. There might be an orbis that looks like every other orbis. Um the uh. It might have different accents of color on it um, to dis to distinguish it as an imperial station, and the um, the station controller might have a different accent. But dock there, and it's identical to anywhere else in the galaxy. Yeah. If you could get out of your spaceship and walk across the pad, get into a um, get into an, an elevator, go into the bowels of the space station, walk around, you would see NPCs walking around wearing imperial clothes. You would hear accents that distinguish them as in, as imperial. You'd hear fragments of conversations that relate to recent Galnet stories. There is so much that space legs would add um, that could that it could enable that would add to the the world building. So you know, here's another example: a system's in outbreak. You go and dock and get out of your spaceship, and what there are is loads and loads of you know um, loads of uh, personal people walking around in face masks. Yeah, exactly, and um, and and appeals for medicine and that. Kind Wouldn't of thing. you get fined for not social distancing as soon as you go out together? <laughs> well, you're wearing a, you might be wearing a spacesuit, so you might be all right. Oh, precisely. You go to a go to a system in Boom, and there's loads of rich merchants walking around. There's people talking about um, the latest prices for commodities, all that sort of thing. SpaceX is not just a walking around simulator. Thinking about space legs in terms of what, uh, how fun it would be to move your av avatar around is like, it, it is like um, thinking about a racing game as a sitting in a chair simulator. It's, you're missing the point. The point of space legs is not to give you the thrill of walking around. It's to allow the light, the, 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 the world, the game world, to have loads more life, loads and loads more life that you just can't have while you're, um, while you're a spaceship in space. So, got a quick question for you here, actually. So, I mean, one of the things that Frontier is very well known for, obviously, is for its procedural generation. Yeah. Um, but I think we all agree that the easy, in inverted commas, way to to do anything on, say, space stations would be you enter a hangar and you press a button and it teleports you to the bar or it teleports you to the habitation section, or it teleports you to the wherever you want to be. Mm. Um, but Frontier are amazing with their proc gen. Yeah. Do you want to get does anyone want to even think about giving odds between we're gonna get little instanced off teleportation areas for space legs versus no, you've actually got an entire chuffing Coriolis to walk around if you want to. I think you'll have limited areas to go to. Yeah, because I agree with that. The, Because the internal space of a Coriolis, I believe Frontier said, it's greater than the entire game map of GTA V. Yep, which only makes perfect sense. But I I think it's be... all procedurally generated, so exactly. does that matter? There's no additional cost. Like, there's no additional Persistency. Persistency, it, persistence is the enemy of the procedural generation. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be persistent either. You don't, you you don't own an apartment. You can't. They're, they're well, not you promising. might own an apartment. 
Potentially, they haven't said that. There's, you no. know, there's, the, the Frontier have not promised that if you drop if you drop a coffee cup on the on the floor in a in a in a Coriolis, it'll still be there when you go back a year later. They doesn't they don't need to be. Um, Frankly, I'd be very worried if there were. What you know, what happened to the cleaners? Are they all on strike? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no. Yeah, think... There's saying that they that there is no material difference in the extent that you could explore a Coriolis than there is between. Than there is a upper limit on the number of outposts that the game can have. That you know, there's no mechanical limit. The thing is, though, there's games that tried that before. Uh, first one I think I ever played that did the procedural generation of interiors was Hellgate London, and that basically had whenever you lay, whenever you left a underground or subway station, it would then procedurally generate the map of the outside world, and it wasn't that. It didn't look that convincing. The graphics were okay for the time and stuff like that, but it just didn't look right. So it's all right saying, "Oh, in need for regeneration," mm-hmm. but there was something about the layouts and the way it did it that made you think this isn't right. It'll be. I'll be. I mean, I completely agree. It's a hell of a task, and I think it's very difficult. I. Don't know if it's too difficult or not because I mean there is. You think about a lot of roguelikes, for example. Like I mean, Jupiter Hell is a good example that uh, Darren Gray's involved with. You know, that's got you walking through a procedurally generated base, basically. And okay, it's not fully three D, but oh, it's not. It's not fully. It's not FPS, but it is a three D generated world where you which you're walking around, and it doesn't look wrong. Um, but then again, we were also allegedly originally going to be getting um, oh, procedurally generated outposts, yet outposts practically always all look the same too, don't they? No, they are procedurally generated. The, the, the point about They are, but there's very that, few no, they, I mean, the, the, things. They, they work as intended. Outposts are, um, mm. you know, they, 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 the aesthetic of the tile set varies according to the economy type. Um, yeah. Which and that works as it should do. The um the pirate ones look different from the military ones, CTC. Um and the uh the exact bit of outpost um is corresponds to the um uh corresponds to the the services and stuff that, and the economy of the um uh of the faction that uh, no sorry economy is, is is station specific, isn't it? So it's it's determined by the um by the economy um of the um of the outpost. So it's uh, the variation that you see, although it is not obvious, it's um, it's it's very deterministic and it's working as intended. Um, there's no th- th- there's nothing to say that Procgen is not inherently capable of creating a wide array of of unique um, and appropriate models for things. It completely is. It, it it's it it just it, it relies on the um, the quality and breadth of the of the assets that are fed into it at the beginning. Um, the the strength of Procgen as a system completely um, uh, succeeds or fails based on how how good an a, uh, like an array of assets you you feed it with to begin with. Given that Elite seems to be moving more away from the uh, from the role play part of RPG and into um, the more um, immediate form of gameplay. In other words, Galnet has been shelved, Interstellar Initiative has been shelved, the 
almost like Laura had been retconned out of the game. Do you think this depth of kind of integration from procedure generated Galnet and whatever, do you think that's actually going to be a part, or do you think Frontier would go for the... You're comparing the, apples and oranges there, Shan. Well, I, well, no, well, no I'm you asked, are. The reason why I'm well, saying I'm that, is that you're is that you're giving a comparison between a period of time when Frontier are saying, we are deliberately shutting everything down so we can focus on 2020, yeah, but versus what, all the stuff they've been focusing on for the past five years. Yeah, what I was coming to, Ben, was mm. the way the market seems to be going and, and the way the player base seems to be going is more towards the FPS shooter kind of thing rather than the wandering around listening to gossip, carrying in bars and all this kind of stuff. So my, my question is, is do you think the space legs we could get will be more towards the FPS Fortnite player no, absolutely. Or do you think it'll be more towards the the law-loving intrigue, conspiracy theorist, etc. player that we we would want to see? And just it's just a just a question, really. Absolutely not. If if they announce that if they announce that Space Legs is basically a separate executable, and you get out of your chair, and then the screen goes dark, and then you get to choose go here to fight Thargoids, like nah, screw that. I'll put the game down. Um, I absolutely don't think that's the case, though. Uh, I think that they, um, I think they, ha they, there has been a bit of, uh, I, I call it reactive rather than proactive development. Proactive is development is is what I think is 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 when somebody has a vision for what the game should be. In this case, Michael Brooks and David Braben, and they and they say this is what we're making. Buy it if you like it, and uh, and that the, their driving vision determines what features the game has. Reactive game design is um, is developers listening to what players want and then scrabbling to implement it. And I, th I think that we've seen more of the latter in the last couple of years. And I definitely think that since um, since Michael Brooks and, and Sandro Samarco checked out, it's it's it seems to have been more reactive. Um, but I've been heartened by the fact that uh, Fleet finding out that Fleet Carriers is not reactive. They actually planned that from the beginning. Um, and I think that there's still enough of enough of that in in the elite team that they definitely would their implementation of space legs will be according to what they think a space game should be not based on oh fortnite's popular let's make fortnite i just don't i think it's too cynical to assume that i don't know i mean do you not like the idea of maybe entering in via zero g as a hundred of you fall through zero g through the docking bay and then you pick somewhere in the out docking out the out the docking thing, and then the last person survives wins. You're not you're not into that idea. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, I, I, don't, I don't mind the idea of first person combat. Like I I I, oh. I didn't think that'd be quite cool. Like yeah, d design a load of design a load of guns based on you know in law stuff, um, and um, sort of give us you know populate the Thargoid bases with um, with with bugs that we've got yeah. to shoot. Have that Thargoids sounds... in the Thargoid bases. Yeah, that sounds super fun. Or pirates Just... in the pirate bases. Yeah, absolutely. That that sounds really, really good. And if you want an idea of play, go and play Star Citizen. Um, I don't think it's. I don't. When I was saying earlier, I made the distinction between a first implementation and what I'd like to see further down the line. I don't think that's the core of Space Legs. I, th I think the core of Space Legs, the necessary implementation of it, is walking around your ship and EVA. Um, and um, and I think that things like first person shooting is. Is a nice to have further down the line. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that I think we, one of the things that I feel that Frontier have been 
pushing everything towards is they are really trying to get us all to do more things together. Yeah. Um, And I would not be surprised if 2020 works more in that direction. And I I, I feel terrible that I'm actually going to go down this line again. Um, But one of the things I think you you and I, Sue, have noticed when we were playing said other space game, how much richer the integration felt because we were all on each other's... We were all actually in the one spaceship working together as a team. This is a great point. This is a really, Um, really good point. And that just felt right, whereas multi-crew in Elite... It's a, it's even when even when you're flying, say, you, let's say you were in my turrets, or you could fly my um, SLF. Yeah, it feels you don't feel connected. Um, even if you're That's in somebody's totally. turret, you don't feel connected. Yeah. Totally Whereas totally in that other space game, you really do feel like you're in Ben's turret. Um, yeah. And could it be that. Sorry. Yeah. I was just wondering because. I was just because I played Star Trek Bridge Crew a fair amount when it first came out, and as as how to do multi crew that stood head and shoulders above everything else at the time, particularly. And the reason for that is it was sorry, designed. What, what stood above head and shoulders? Uh, sorry, Star Trek Bridge Crew. Okay, right. As as a as a, a multi crew multiplayer experience, and and the difference is was that Bridge Crew was designed from the ground up. To have multi crews, so yeah. it was it was a, it was a star ship. So you had to have a science station, you had to have engineering, you had to have a command and navigation. So you kind of had to have those with people in it, and those people all had definitive jobs to do that made a difference to success or failure of the mission. Mm-hmm. With elite multi crew was very much optional because the ship was designed to have a single pilot if you wanted. So it's almost like, oh, you can come along and do this and this and this if you want, but the effect on your success or failure was pretty negligible or not as much as what is in Bridge Crew. So that's why I think Multicrew has a rather detached um, feel to it in Elite is because actually it was tagged on. And it was what completely you're... tagged on. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Are you finished, Shadow? Keep going. No, I thought you were going to, going to respond. We were going to I, respond oh, to I, you. I, I do have, but if you're still talking, then no, carry on. Okay, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's complete multi-crew in its current implementation is completely tagged on to Elite Dangerous. Um, but I, oh, you, you, you've gone off and done it to me again. I forgot where I was going. Um, <laughs> it's, gone. it's gone. It's gone. I'm sorry, I'm... One I remember, I just want to, I want to, so Star Trek Bridge Crew and Pulsar, Pulsar and Star Trek Bridge Crew yeah. are, um, are very similar in the way that they handle flying spaceships. Are, um, they are one vision of how flying a spaceship could work. Um, very, very distributed control. Um, the pilot has a very, very limited um, degree, of, uh, degree of control. The captain actually doesn't fly the ship themselves. Elite fundamentally, imagining that Elite would be like, Star Trek Bridge Crew is Elite wasn't built like that. You can you, the pilot can do everything. I think that you could go some way to that. For example, it's not 
it's far from obvious that you need to be in the pilot's chair to do navigation, for example. There is no reason why in Elite you couldn't have a navigation officer who was the only one that could um, that could plot routes and had more granular, con granular control over the galaxy and system maps. Um, and um, uh, and uh, somebody and, and turrets that only the weapons officer could could use, for example. Um, it, you could you could have you could do that so that being in uh, being in multi crew just gave gave you the ability of, to use those more effectively. Um, and um, uh, and so and so gave people a role. And 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 but it would mean it would mean taking functionality away from the pilot. Um, so for example, to you know to to make it make sense that. Um, that somebody else was the navigation officer because if the pilot could do it all, then there wouldn't be any any point in having that role. Um, so I don't I don't think it's impossible to implement an elite, but it it, it was always going to be hard because elite was the, the the whole idea was that it's just you and your spaceship. Um, that said, Star Trek Bridge Crew and that idea of a distributed um, can, like command structure for a, a spaceship isn't the only way that you could build space legs in a game it's a i mean actually star trek bridge crew you can't walk around anyway but there, there are loads of other things there are loads of other ways that you could do it in um and make it really really good fun that don't involve everybody barking orders each, at each other like they do on star trek yeah i, mean, yeah. I, I was actually i was going to say almost what you were saying sue i think we, we for example we've got turret in multiplayer at the moment and obviously got turret in the game and you know theoretically if you were in a turret, maybe you're better at shooting than the AI is, um, or maybe your your navigation officer can, or your scanning, your science officer can do targeted scans of specific areas. So while your main sensor maybe only sees out to four kilometers, your science officer, for example, could have some kind of space telescope thing. Where they could go off and ping something on your, put something onto your scanner that they've seen that's maybe five, six kilometers away or something like that, and so on across a variety of roles. So, where are you? What were you going to say, Shan? Uh, yes, well, I was going to say um, that taking the, if you like, the lesson from um, multi crew and also to some extent the, um, the way carriers work. Is I, whatever the space legs turns out to be, I don't want it just to be a mechanic tagged on the end of the game. Almost not like an afterthought, but it needs to be something almost built from the ground up to be space legs using the assets that we we know and are familiar with. I'm not sure tagging space legs on the end of the existing game will produce a hugely compelling experience. Because we see through stuff like that. I don't think there's any reason to think that it would be tagged. Yeah, well, I'm, I just cited I'm two examples. There. Oh, I'm hope they don't. I hope they don't. But you've given two examples, but there are a lot of ways where it can be done. That you're, you know, you're standing up and you're walking around your ship without having to load into a separate game or anything like that, which I know is one of the things that you've cited as a potential horrible idea. Um, or jumping into um, Fortnite and things like that. So I don't think there's anything. If they're going to do it, I do. I genuinely believe they're going to do it right. But anyway, we're going to. There's something else. Okay, Shan, you wanting Shan, you wanting to respond to me? Yeah, I was. I was just going to. Uh, I, we need to wrap up as well, though, guys. So. We do. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. 
I'll, I'll, I'll be quick if I can. Um, yeah, so with with regard to that, um, I, I really I really hope that's what they've done, um, and we, we can talk about whether it's going to be an executable or not. The the question that that's in my mind though is that we've already seen examples where technical limitations have shaped game design decisions. So if they're going to do space legs, I think it almost needs to be from a platform which that technical debt has either been paid off or removed. Completely agree. Um, yeah, let's let's hope let's hope um, let, let's hope that that's what they're. That's what. That's why they've yeah. taken three years to build the new era. Yeah, I mean that's this is what we. I think I've been dream, begging, dreaming, worrying that this is exactly what they've been doing the past few years, and we will see. Uh, right. Anyway, Sue, do you want to give any final thoughts for just now on space legs? Yes. And so uh, Kaizen has just said in, um, in our chat, um, he has an idea for uh, how. Uh, space legs exploration would work so for example there's a fine delicate material on a planet's surface you fly down a valley looking for it you see it you land your ship near near to it 100 yards away or whatever um or a bit longer uh, get in your srv drive up close to it uh, and then you have to get out of your srv uh, and use some sort of delicate tool to to extract the material um and that that could be in like a, a dexterity mini game or something um which struck me as a as a really really smart idea um i really like that um, and um, he also uh, has just pointed out that Space Legs has um, been point has been promised from the Kickstarter. So that's that's my response to Shan. Like this, I don't hmm. want it to be a tagged-on afterthought. The difference between Space Legs and Multicrew is that Space Legs is, is a fundamental building block of the game that they of the vision that they the, that they said they had back in 2012 and 2013. You know, things like things like CQC and Power Play were not part of that fundamental vision they're things that they're things that they thought would be cool afterwards and 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 put in so that they were feature complete but then didn't, didn't finish the balance passes on space legs is you know it, it's as fundamental to to the elite dangerous that they were sold that they sold back in 2012 as is hyperspace you know it, it's it's a fundamental part of it that they haven't that they haven't got around to building yet therefore i really really don't think that they'd half out there in the same way that I didn't expect them to half-ass planetary landings, and I don't expect to half-ass atmospheric landings either. Shan, any final thoughts? Uh, well, we need to get on. I'm sure we can talk about this, and we will talk about this as it as as it goes on. Maybe when it's or if it's confirmed, we can revisit in more detail once we know more. But uh, I think we need to move on. I think now. Yeah, I mean, I think as you know, a final thing for me before we move on. And Norman, I'll give you a warning for an advert break after this. Um, I do think Elite 2020 and Space Legs is easily enough content for a full game. And I genuinely believe that building a full game with this content is what Frontier has been spending 85% of its Elite Dangerous developers working on for pretty much full time, I suspect, for the past three years, and quite a fair few of them full time for I think the past five years. So I, I do think we're going to get they're going to do it right. I do. I'm looking forward to it, and we shall see what we get. So, Norman, can we get an advert, please?
This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, monkabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wapagum, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma hooma nuka nuka wapa wapa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister! You're in the wrong commercial! Well, shit! Fish, because, you know, space! Alright, and welcome back to the Community Corner, folks. So, I know Shan is off getting a drink, but we will see if he returns. So, right, well... I have returned. You have returned. Right. So, we're going to start off with the... First of all, there's an absolutely fabulous advert that was done by Commander Orchestral Design. Um, it's all, obviously, it's all done using in-game footage. It was actually, it, was all, it sounds like he almost did it as an accident and then looked at it and was like, you know, this actually looks better than most of the adverts that we get for the game. Um, now, it's mainly, it mainly, mainly focuses about combat and doing stuff about round rings and so on. But it just looks like, it's like, I want, where's this game and I want to play it? Um, and we all know that Elite can be edited into looking awesome and lovely and brilliant and I mean, there's so many fabulous views, it looks amazing sometimes. Um, but I don't know if any of you guys have seen seen that, and if you haven't, then I can strongly recommend that you go off and watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I haven't seen well any of those it. videos, sadly. I haven't even seen the one Sagittarius absolutely brilliant new video, and I haven't even had a chance. <laughs> You've not even seen your own videos? No. no. <laughs> I'm really lazy into you, Sue. It really roasts you. <laughs> uh, so we've got an, another lovely thing that's so the Orion expedition which we've been following along with uh, that's technically finished now um, with the Eastern Promise expedition which is kind of a follow on I guess is the way I would describe it from the Orion expedition taking off where it, be, it 
where the Orion Expedition went big, uh, left off from, left off from, um, and they're doing a they did a joint mass jump as ever as ever from Sagittarius A, and always as always these things always look beautiful and lovely because mass jumps look fab. So, Suv, do you want to take over on the next buckyball race that Monsieur Alec is on about? Yes. So the Buckyball Racing Club are one of the galaxy's greatest institutions and the source of some of the most uh, thrilling um, and fun experiences that can be had in Elite. Um, they have been an absolutely brilliant um, facet of the Elite Dangerous community since, uh, basically since the game's uh, release. Um, they have four, no fewer than four, new races coming up this year, um, and um, which is brilliant because they've had a they've had a bit of a dry spot and. Um, uh so um but they, they've clearly been planning because um because not one not two not three but four new races are coming up between now and the end of august on the 9th of may we have um a race called signs of life which has been organized by edelgard von rhein um and um i don't actually know what the uh i'm not actually sure what the uh i don't know if that information is public yet alec was no. saying it should be be made public soon tm Right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then um, uh, in June we've got the Engineers uh, Cortez Mixer, which is happening. Uh, yeah, we don't have to, um, exact dates. We just have the months for now. Um, and that's being organised by Terracidic or Terracidic. Sorry if I've messed your name up. Um, in July, Alec Turner himself has organised Keys to the Carrier, which will presumably be a fleet carrier themed event. Um, and in August we'll have. Uh, <laughs> An event called Real Men Race in Lederhosen, organised by Ashnak, uh, which I absolutely can't wait for. Are you going to wear in Lederhosen at Lavecon if it happens, Ben? No, because I'm not German. That shouldn't stop you. Um, anyway, the, the calendar can be found Maybe at. Um, very. Yes, good point, actually. You are. You, it's you, more Swiss, Lederhosen. I think. Lederhosen. Or at least um, Alpine. You can find details of the races at buckyballracing.org.uk uh, forward slash upcoming events. Uh, Shan, would you like to uh, tell us about Commander Nettis? Uh, Sorry, Ben, you just broke up a minute. Shan, do you want to mention what Commander Kinetis is up to? Uh, I'm just looking that on the notes, actually. Um, I don't actually remember reading up about this, to be honest. <laughs> you you missed me. Talk- <laughs> we're not paid for this, isn't it? You're paid. <laughs> I said, hey, I've had paid. a busy week. I tell you. So what? What are you saying? Uh, so it's community corner item four. Go Shan. Oh bloody uh, hell! Yes, of course. Yes, of course. Sorry, I didn't help me <laughs> take this forward. Crash. Yes, um, Commander Knessis in the UK. Um, his we'll daughter is um, fundraising, um, and she's got a page on the Lee Radio Facebook group for the NHS and other um, worthy organisations. Um, so the, the, the it's a just giving page, and a link will be on the show notes. So if you wish to give towards the NHS and uh, make the NHS happy and uh, Commander Kinetic's daughter just as happy. Uh, head towards that link and donate. We got there in the end. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, very obviously, you know, all the stuff that the NHS is, and yeah, they, I mean, 
I definitely deserve our, our thanks and our gratitude in these interesting times, shall we say. Uh, so- I, I, I was going to say, don't give Captain Tom any more money, give it towards the daughter, but that sounds a bit naughty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bitstorm is telling you, giving you back the back there, Shan. Well done. Uh, right, anyway, so moving on to, in a totally different direction, Lord help us all, but Cecil's been in the recording booth again. Uh, Cecil, if you don't know about it, is the HCS voice pack that Commander Vankdeon of the Vankt et um Vankt yeah Vanktason yeah Vankdeon twenty one yeah Commander twenty one from the Hutton Truckers. He's been he's worked on that in the past to release a voice pack for uh, that goes out, that's all the proceeds from it are going for special effect. It's been updated to work with Singularity and things like that. So, yeah, if you want a truly hilarious and rather disgusting voice pack where Cecil will at random times just decide to tell your ship to fly Tusson Orbital instead of wherever you told it to do, then it's it's the one for you, basically, and it's you can listen to that thing, and I just wind up crying sometimes when I'm listening to it. It's, it's great. Um, so the next thing we have is a last-minute edition, actually, by uh, the Burpit, where they, they obviously, it sounds like the Burpit, had a vague idea of, like, shit, what we're going to do today, and Commander Burr, instead of talking about elite feats like we are, they've been looking at the their top five quality-of-life stuff. Uh, so. To give you a very quick rundown on that, and I definitely, I'll get your guys' opinions on this as well. So, yeah, his number one, th- well, his in at number five is the ability to toggle your docking computer by pressing a button. I'd want that to toggle someone else's docking computer. <laughs> I, of course, you would, uh, and you'd also want the ability for space stations to actually not allow docking computers sometimes. But they, they remember that. I it was in game. I know. It. They used to be able to. They used to insult you. The voiceovers used to insult you, didn't, didn't they? Oh, I remember. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know if they still do. Actually, you could re- or remotely cancel someone's docking permission. <laughs> could you do that from your fleet carrier? I wish. So, next thing that they want, and this is a very common thing in. I'm sure you'll recognize this from Guild Wars 2, but a button to target your target's target, if that makes any sense to you whatsoever. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty good. Um, so similar to wingman targets, but wingman Similar target. to wingman target, but whatever the hell you're looking at. Yeah, so if I'm, yeah, yeah, if I'm looking at Commander Bob out here, I can see that Commander Bob is actually, he's got his eyes over at Commander Shan. Yeah, that'd be quite easy. Hey, uh, can I extend that to I would want a shortcut button? to target frequently targeted subsystems. So you have a shortcut to target Mm -hmm. the power unit or the thrusters or whatever. I would like that as well, actually. Um, I know, again, actually, bringing it back to HCS voice packs, I did have a, uh, essentially it's a macro, basically, in uh, voice attack, which would go on to the modules, and then usually if you went up or down, up, if you went up five times, 
you wound up around the engine, but it always obviously every ship's different, and it's always so you couldn't guarantee it's going to take you to the engine, but it it certainly took you near to the engine or near to the power plants. Um, but it would be nice if you could just go off and target you know target my ship's power plant and and it would just target the power plant or something. Um, so the fight the in at number three is. You know that time when you you've done everything and you're ready to launch, and you sudden, you've pre- you hit the launch button and you're like, oh shit, I forgot to go off and get the limpets. Oh and god, like, yes. do that. You just task kill. Yeah, but that kind of sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, you can task kill or you can exit to the menu, and then you've got to re reload back in again. Uh, yeah, that, I don't that, actually. That is a yeah. really that is a really good one. I, I I think limpets need to be any discussion about limpets needs to be broader though, because I think limpets need. Um, limpets need an overhaul. Like the fact that you, the fact that limpets can't be recalled and you just have to leave them out in space really annoys me. I don't want to be littering hundreds of limpets all the time. Um, mm. The fact that you like, how about we have limpets, uh, a limited number of limpets that you can deploy. You can recall them. Um, they're much more expensive, and you have the option to remote control them. That would be really cool. Also, Ooh, in terms of in- that could be fun. Yeah. Also, in terms of internals, one limpet controller. One limpet controller. Oh dear God, please yes. It is a universal thing. Like, who cares if it takes up a reasonably sized slot? Like, maybe like a size three or something, or size four. Um, and um, and it can do everything. Um, and uh, so you know, and, and if you implement those changes, suddenly questions, some, suddenly issues like, oh, I forgot my limpets. Might that might become a different thing because. Um, if limpets are if li- if limpets are a permanent thing that you don't if they're not disposable if they're if they're retractable then um, then it makes sense that you'd always have some on you so that you wouldn't constantly be at risk of um, of not of, of not stocking up on them. Um, I mean, I, do limpets not explode though after a set period of time? I would want a limpet hijacker, so <laughs> I would go into the system where everyone bore in boring. And I'd set my limpet hijacker up in boring, and I would just have them scoop up the low temperature diamonds and give them to me. That does not surprise me. Uh, actually, keeping on with limpets. So again, as Burr described it, you're in your mining ship. You've you've got your you've got your stuff. You've got your and you've got fifty limpets left over after you sold all your low temperature diamonds, and then you jump into your space taxi. And you suddenly get told, "Oh shit! I've got fifty limpets in my heart. Hold on, I can't go and I can't just dump them when I jump into my space taxi." And you've got to go all the way back out, and then go off and sell them all one by one, and then all the way back in to get your space taxi. Is like number two for Burr would just be, "Let me just get rid of all these. Thank you very much. Goodbye." Uh, hold on, get rid of all. Get rid of. So you know you you finished your mining or whatever you're doing, and you're you're jumping into a ship with a smaller cargo hold, and it says, "I'm sorry, you can't get into into your adder or your sidewinder oh, because yeah, you've got yeah, fifty yeah. limpets yeah, in your hold." Totally, totally, yeah, 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 Just absolutely. Sell the damn things; they don't care. Get rid of them. I, I think I think I'd rather roll that into the limpet overhaul. Like, can we can mm-hmm. we have can we have a separate inventory for limpets, and can every ship have them? Like. Give every ship. Actually, no, not the same number of limpets, but give give every ship at least like based on the hull size or something. Based on the hull size, and maybe not for the very small and nippy ones, because actually it's quite fun scooping things with the sidey. Mm-hmm. But like above a certain size, give every ship a 
two or three limpets and and the large ones like nine or ten limpets you can do that have them as retractable give them their own inventory have them as so give them the option to be remote controlled and have it so that the that their inventory does not cross over into the cargo hold so you don't you've got that already Steve. no you don't because you can this pardon synthesis no because they take up they take up the cargo space don't they so you, you get that annoying you can't yeah get but the mats spaceship. don't the mats don't the mat, yeah but you i think i mean um uh commander rack mokter or something like that i'm sorry i have no idea how i pronounce your name sir or mom don't judge uh saying it'd be nice if you could basically when your limpets are expired I've always taken the limpets expiring as I've run out of fuel, which is why they can't return to you. Uh, but when they expire and they explode, if they could turn into the materials, which you could Ooh. then go off and scoop up. Oh, that would be nice. That would yeah. be really nice. Um, that, I, that, I think that would be nice. Uh, oh, and Matt, uh, Remokter is saying he's a real boy. Is that you, Jack Little? Um, but no... Um, yeah, Norman, do you want to play what Burr's opinion on bookmarks for the galaxy map is though. People have been organising bookmarks into folders, sorting by topic or frequency of use etc since the earliest days of mankind's intellectual awakening. There are cave paintings in Peru that depict early prehistoric hominids sorting their bookmarks by preference and function. <laughs> oh he's a genius. Oh he's such a genius. He is a genius isn't he? I don't know about you guys, but my God, yeah, I would love bookmark. So I'll, I will share my bookmarks on screen, and I've had to cut them down. So what have I yeah. got here? So for a company, yeah, I've got for the company I've that got make games, that, yeah, um, for a company that make management games that rely on some lots of UI screen. Frontier are the the UI in Elite is like. In some ways, in some ways it's really good, but in some ways it's just shit. Like, why that? Why the <laughs> hell? Why the hell can't you um, can't you sort and filter bookmarks? Why the hell can't you sort and filter? Um, why is the why is the squadron uh, list so terrible to to pass? Oh, they are, like, aren't they? Like, what? Why is it when you go into the CQC lobby, it shows you all the players you know rather than just the ones that are online? Why does it show you the offline ones? How is that useful to you? Like I just, it baffles me that that a, a game that a company that are so so that have such a pedigree in making interface heavy games, are have made such shit interfaces in so many aspects of Elite. Come on, postcard. Basically, yes. I mean, I know I don't know about you guys, but I've got like you know, good example. So I've got DW two. So I just like DW two waypoint one Brooks point. DW2 waypoint 2 omega sector waypoint 3 pre asks nc-md7-192 and so on um and even then because it's blooming well alphabetically sorted and you can't even sort your list i jump from waypoint 1 to waypoint 10 to waypoint 11 to waypoint 12 and then to waypoint 2 why have you still got distant world 2 waypoints say because i can because uh, I'm not getting rid of them, basically, and it's nice when I zoom out to see, you know, see the old routes and things. So like you're that. blaming your brain frontier for your own lack of organisation. Why should I get rid of of my memories? Because you remember the place, not the bookmark, and you can just write no. down or. 
Right down? Seriously? Are you living in 1970s? A screenshot, man. I'm not. The the last thing I've written on was a birthday card. And that was about six months ago. But yeah, I I do agree. Bookmarked folders would be a complete godsend, as would being able to colour code your bookmarks. Yep. And hide them on the Galaxy Map 2, to be honest. Maybe I, I don't want to show... All the distant worlds one. Let me just you know show and hide. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, also, uh, well, nested. What we need is nested. We need sort sortable, filterable, and nested book. Yeah. Um, and while we're at it, planetary bookmarks. Oh dear. And yeah, where I can literally go off and place a bookmark anywhere on a planet, please. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Totally, totally agree there. Right, Monsieur Shan, would you like to talk about the lovely Kaizen's? Discussion with the Brucey bonuses. Uh, yes, um, Kai Zen from uh, Loose Screws Infamy has uh, had an interview with uh, Bruce Garrido, who's the new, I believe, Frontier Community Manager, or one of the new ones. And uh, they seem to cover quite a lot of topics, uh, from Raxler to fleet carriers. And uh, there seems to be a particular focus on development practices and the process of how they are bringing great new things from the development team to the community. Um, haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, um, but I will. Uh, the link will be on the show notes. Uh, and if you guys have a chance to listen to it. It's an awesome two and a half hour. Give you a few nice little Brucey bonuses, shall we say. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's not saying... He's not saying anything he shouldn't say. Well, I guess but, we'll know that if he continues yeah. to work there for very long. <laughs> that is true. Um, but it's a very frank interview that Bruce has done with Kaizen. Um, it's a good two and a half hours that are well worth spent. Just have it playing in the background. You don't need... You know, I know the, um, the SPVFA guys, I think it was, did the videoing for it. But you don't need to watch it in the video. You can just listen to it uh, and just have it playing in the background or something like that while you're working or flying along or something. Well, well worth done. Time well spent and so on listening to it. Uh, right. I think final thing that Michelle Colin was wanting us to do was the... was So we're giving you guys a question again. So we're after your favourite. You've been framed or commanders do the funniest story. Uh, so, for example... You go off and boost instead of dock, or it's always boosting instead of because um, you know how the tab key is the boost button. Yes, actually, easy, easy to mistake. Yeah. So, and you also use the tab key to rotate around your text chat. So, if you're talking party wing uh, system and so on, you press the tab button there to chat between who that's all with too. And the number of times I've been outside Lave Station. And I've toggled to do a direct response to somebody, and I press the tab button, and I'm not in the bloody text chat window, and I wind up boosting into them instead of talking to them. It's ridiculous. I mean, I um, kind of instinctively keep my landing gear down, either until I'm safely out of the station or yeah. until I've docked. So I put my landing gear down as I'm approaching the station. So it avoids that boosting, and also it makes it easy. It makes it a lot harder to get fined for ramming people. 
Do you, do you want to fess up to any moments of shame just now, Shan? In elite or in, in, in elite? <laughs> let's, let's keep it in elite. Um, yeah, once um, about three years ago, um, I um, used a docking computer. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're not somebody who goes off and says I have a docking computer on sometimes, and you know it's like. I'll use the docking computer while I go to the toilet or something like that. I love the docking computer. I think it's great. I use it on my Type 9. It's brilliant. I either, when I'm with with the Type 9, I either use the docking computer or dock flight assist off. I don't, actually, that's the same for all ships. I either either do FA off docking or or completely uh, let the computer. Completely automated. Yeah, don't ever do the middle ground. Have you you turned uh, rotation correction off as well? flight assist off no i don't think i have i think that's the only element of flight assist i've left on um, I'm not... mm. do you want to fess up to any noob moments like that oh Yourself, yeah two. Or should we, should, should we yeah no no it's definitely two um one of them was both uh i think they're probably both pre-engineering or, or around then um one of them i spent several weeks stocking up the cargo hold of my new asp explorer with rare goods um traveled all around the galaxy really enjoyed stocking up the cargo hold with rare goods bought a few tons of each really enjoyed reading the blurb um finally filled the hold lifted off jubilantly boosted into the side of the station and blew up yeah ouch so yeah if you want to go off and tell us your your noob moments and if you've got any photos of it better uh then either send us a message on twitter or facebook send us an email to info live radio and so on uh, and we will we will share your shame shall we uh, right does anybody else have anything they're wanting to mention before we wrap up then and go into the final shout outs not from me can we make up um other people delete shameful moments no <laughs> uh, although only you will know if you're lying shame you, know, you could go and say, I once face planted into Sagittarius A star, but only you, only you know that it's because you were. No, man, like away Colin. Here. So we oh, make right, okay. that Colin did. You're thinking, aren't you? Anyway, let's, am, let's, yeah. let's go on with the end of the show. I'll, I'll, I'll let you think about what Colin did for next week. How about that, Shan? Oh, I'll have fun doing that. <laughs> I thought you might. Uh, and remember, Colin's ship is the Sanctimonious. Um, so, anyway, right, we'll get into the final bit. So, let's start putting this hellhole to bed. So our sister states that she is a, she's a legitimate and possibly inbred sister, but, you know, th- those those lot over at the Hutton Hospital Radio, they broadcast on Thursday evenings from 8.30 British time, and you can watch them at tv.forthemug.com. And also, if you don't want to see anyone's ugly mugs, and especially avoid buck-naked, you really don't want to see him live streaming, Jesus. Uh, then you can just you can just listen to them at radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for our lovely commanders who so can't wait for the next update and like their CQC, then they have a CQC Discord where you can get into all that shenanigans by going to discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. Um, Wotherspoon is giving us his Awesome, 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 brilliant, fantastic, lovely, and incredibly hilarious and well worth listening to Garnet News Digest. 
uh, after the show, and he's also got other content like his Powerful People, which has got some lovely art by uh, Commander Beetlejude, who does all the artwork for the Powerful People. Um, so you do want to watch you want to watch the videos for that. His videos are they really do they add a lot to it. Just the you know he does the videos very well. Um, but what listen to the audio too because it's also good. Um, right, I've. I'm afraid I've mostly been ignored because I've been looking at system maps and bookmarks and actually trying to read show notes I've made. Um, I've got no idea if anybody's been saying anything to me in-game. And if I, if you have been saying things to me in-game, I apologise now for ignoring you. I'm not looking at text. Um, but thank you very much to everybody who is on Twitch. Uh, I've already mentioned in-game commanders. Thank you very much to Commander Shan, to Commander Souverine, Commander Tech Monkey Ventura, and the Xenobunny himself, Xenobunny's master. So that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash laveradio. You can tweet us on at laveradio, and you can also join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also also have a DeepSpeak server where you can hang out and chat, play various games, which is on teamspeak.laveradio.com. Feel free to get in touch if you've got any questions, any points, any anything, and we would love to get your mail, and we promise we will read it around to it eventually, maybe one of these years. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we love getting mail, We I promise, and we even sometimes read it and respond to it. Um, so yeah, Lave Radio is recorded live on King at half past eight with a, in front of a live studio audience, and that's on laveradio.com/live. And thank you very much to everybody again. I've already said that. Until next time, commanders, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. to uh, scientists Uranus is full of methane gas I think you're right though Colin what have you done with Shan and when can we have him back 
Telnet News Digest, 28th of April, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Snapshot Competition closes soon. Whole Seals visit Zeance with a suitcase. Full of Eastern promise. The very last spaceships. Snapshot competition closes soon. Brewer Corporation is offering the loan of a fleet carrier to any commander who sends in a selfie of themselves standing in front of a bank balance of 5 billion credits or more. The opportunity will be the second chance to test drive a fleet carrier, and it'll include for the first time commanders who favour the X and PS flight control systems as well as the politically correct ones. This will be the first time that Universal Cartographics is available as an option. But there seems to be little hope that the Pilots' Federation will relent on their ban on storing rare goods in the hold of fleet carriers, something that both the Hutton Truckers, purveyors of the finest Hutton mugs, as well as Centauri Megajin, Pantar Prayer Sticks and Indie Bourbon, and the East India Company, the people behind the trading post which stocks goods such as Kamitra Cigars and Lavian Brandy, have been campaigning for, as factions who, when given a galaxy as a present, find that playing with the cardboard box it came in is much more fun. Or, in the case of the Buckyball Racing Club, playing with cardboard beer mats. The other big campaign going on is to allow fleet carriers to be returned to the manufacturer and put into storage at minimal cost to the owner, so that the commander in question can play games such as Stellar Citizen, which is expected to enter its beta phase within the next few years, and certainly by the year 3310, and No Person's Sky, which contains a genuinely procedurally generated galaxy without being penalised. As they say, commanders shouldn't have to suffer just because they want to play games. Commanders who wish to try out a fleet carrier are asked to submit their snapshot by the 30th of April. Hull Seals visit Zeance with a suitcase. An appeal by the Benevolent Order of Hull Seals and Other Aquatic Mammals for enough credits to order not one, not two, but three fleet carriers to form part of the Deep Space Support Array has concluded. The Fleetcom Initiative will see fleet carriers permanently stationed around the galaxy ready to help commanders out with fuel, repair and whatever the other R is. The Hull Seals have earned, and had donated, a total of 23.6 billion credits, which is expected to be enough to buy, equip, move to station, and pay for upkeep for three carriers for their first year. If they choose to have Universal Cartographics equipped, Deep Space Fleet Carriers may well prove to be self-financing, leaving the Seals free to flap their flippers and practice balancing a ball on their noses. 
full of Eastern promise. The Orion expedition is over. For three months, the plucky explorers fought their way along the Orion Cygnus arm of the galaxy. 38% of participants, which was by coincidence 38 commanders, finally arrived at their destination, only to discover that someone else had discovered Explorer's Anchorage first. Not deterred in the slightest, the remaining members of the Orion expedition decided to make one final jump, which by sheer and utter coincidence happened at exactly the same time as the first jump of the Eastern Promise expedition, which was setting off from Explorer's Anchorage to visit Magellan's star, in what its organisers describe as a somewhat hardcore trip with an aggressive schedule and significant use of jumponium injection near the rim. By even more of a total coincidence, the final jump of the Orion expedition and the first jump of the Eastern Promise expedition not only happened at the same time, in the same star system, but in the exact same place. So thousands of light years from anywhere, the combined ranks of explorers managed to create gridlock. The very last spaceships. Everyone is excited about the coming of the fleet carriers, but what about the last ships released to the galaxy? How have they fared? Sixteen months ago, right at the end of 3304, two new ships were launched, the Phantom and the Mamba. The Zorgon Peterson Mamba was the one everyone was excited about. With an immaculate pedigree, the Mamba had been the small fighter that every pirate wanted. Early impressions were good, although it was far larger than expected. A medium fighter, rather than the runabout we all expected. The pre-production version of the Mamba was capable of a high top speed and had excellent agility, although it did tend to overheat somewhat. The Zorgon Peterson engineers made some adjustments and managed to turn a promising alternative for the Fur de Lance into something more akin to a hauler. Slower and with less speed and manoeuvrability than even a clipper. It may look like a classic American roadster, but it handles like a classic American roadster. You don't see people flying Mambas very much. By contrast, nobody much cared for the Scout version of the crate, the so-called Crate Phantom from Falcon de Lacey. Its name had been leaked six months earlier and had generated much excitement, but its initial appearance was a bit underwhelming, lacking as it did a fighter bay and the hardpoint configuration of its big brother. But it was so much fun to fly and capable of being engineered to jump over 70 light years, second only to the lumbering anaconda. There's a great cockpit view and the row of nine thrusters just looks gorgeous. Turns out the Crate Phantom is good for just about anything other than large haulage and anti-Xeno builds. Will there ever be another new ship? Or is... 37 or 38 if you have the golden ticket for the Cobra Mark IV, all we'll ever need. Will there ever be a Boa, a Gecko, a Moray Starboat, 
a Bushmaster, a Cayman, a Cougar, a Chameleon, a Copperhead, a Delta or Drake, a Gaviel, a Griffin, a Gnat or a Hawk, a Hognose Iguana, a Moccasin Monitor, Ophidian, Urutu or Wolf. Will there be a Planetary Shuttle? Will there ever be a Panther Clipper? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Before you get all sorts here, Smells like it too. Murph, horrible stains, marigolds. Which bath? There you go. Donkey dick. It says here. Next. My dear man. Cox. Like an obese child. No. Teabag. It's the 34th century. What's that? Patient. Nada. Sounds of Jesse, because it is Michelle. This is Beyond Dockers. Dockers. Beyond Dockers, a mockumentary podcast available at bs-dockers.com, also on iTunes.